All right, I want to preach about an apostolic household today. Uh, I want to talk about something that has been built into and uh, baked into the foundations and hopefully has been part of everything we've been doing. Uh, I hope that you come away today with a fragrance uh, that is stirs something in you. My prayer has been that your hearts burn within you for the call of God that He's put in your life. I want to try and provoke you, to remind you, to stir you back to the, the call of God on your life and hopefully an apostolic message will stir that. I am uh, deliberately wanted to do this because what has happened in our churches for many years, we've been, we've been talking about this, we've been going to the nations, we've been releasing and blessing and building other churches. And, uh, but part of what we want to do is raise people up and launch them. Last week, we, for the first, the first time in our previous church, uh, we ministered in a church in Canada last week. The, the leaders of that church were the first couple that we had seen. They'd come into our church, given their life to Jesus, got full of the Holy Spirit, uh, got healed up, uh, started to lead a small group, led a very successful, came onto the ministry team, grew into that, eventually was brought onto eldership, and then were planted out from that eldership into Canada, and they run a church there. And it was the first time in that church that we had seen somebody from birth to, to launch in the church. And a church should be doing all of that. Amen. We should be getting people saved, getting them filled, getting them healed, getting them equipped, getting them raised up, training them as leaders, bringing them onto office, releasing them into the call of God on their life. And so we've said many times that Northlands, we're going to measure the success of Northlands not by how many uh, bodies are in chairs on a Sunday morning, but how many people we've launched into the call of God on their life. That number is the one that I measure success by. That's the interesting one. If, if you are provoked to step into the call of the God's God on your life, not everybody's going to go. Some are going to stay right here, but you're going to go into business and you're going to go into education and you're going to go into many of the other aspects of life, but you are going with the call of God on your life. That's the number that I'm interested in. So uh, that's what Northlands has been built around. And today we're launching two of our elders uh, the Grouts and the Emelhines are going. The Grouts to England and the Emelhines up north. Uh, they, they, yeah, Ithaca, New York, but they're northerners. That's like, that's not even fair and right. We don't mind the British, but that was a long time ago. But this was a more recent war, yeah. Anyway. Um, so uh, I thought it would be a great day because um, they're all going next month, and, but because we're traveling and we weren't sure of the timing, but I thought it would be helpful anyway for us to make this day, uh, bless them and pray for them. There's, there's more than just they upped and went. Uh, I want them to be sent. There's a difference between went and sent, right? And so uh, they, they're both families that have served uh, and, and blessed and been used by God and have grown and have been loyal and have just poured out their lives. And it's an honor to send them into what God has next for them. But I th I, so I w we, we wanted to just not just make that an aspect of the service, but to hit the pause button and recognize this moment in our history as a church just to do a little bit of a celebration to say, hey, this is a big stinking deal for us. And I'm very excited about that. In addition... Um, Michelle and I and uh, Greg Richmond and Ebony Green are going to Uganda. We leave, uh, we leave tonight to go to South Africa because we have some leadership conference there and some churches that we're ministering in. Then we go to Uganda the next week with them, and uh, they're going to be just so helpful. It's great to have you. And 
what was going to be 1,200 pastors is now at least 1,300, and then they said maybe 1,400 this week. I think it's going to be closer to 1,500 uh, when we get there. But it's a wonderful opportunity, and we're going to see God do some profound things. So it's just a, another opportunity for our church to reach out and impact. Um, but um, as you will see a little later, the call of God on the church has not been that we're a local church who has an apostolic component and a few people go and they come back and they report. That's not what the Lord called this church for. He said, this is not a good local church. This is an apostolic hub. So you're part of it. If you're part of Northland's member. So I just wanted to make a little bit of a, a realignment, a little chiropractic adjustment today. So if you hear me being nice and sweet and innocuous talking about how's your day going, and then I go, <clears throat> make a, you'll, you'll know that was the moment where we were just adjusting some... Uh, okay. There were, uh, you know, bad. I'm, I'm trained, but there was a guy, a friend, friend of mine, who was preaching, and he saw the old man. He had his sermon notes, and he goes, "What's this shaw you've written S H A W in the every now and again?" He goes, "Oh no, that's just a little thing I do." He goes, "No, no, well, what's what's shaw?" He says, "Shout here, argument week." That's what he said. He put in his sermon. <clears throat> Don't, don't have anything to say. Just shout. People go, oh, amen. No, yeah. So <clears throat> let's, let's st step back and see if we, can just, if we can just get on the same page, have a clarity from a biblical perspective, uh, just in general terms, and we're going to narrow it down to what the Lord has said about Northlands, and then we're going to talk about how we send people and what we do. A great cosmic war has been waging for millennia. God had a council in heaven who he made up of glorious created beings and he shared his life with them and he discussed and he conversed things with them. He presided over this heavenly council. In some of them, unfortunately, arrogance began to form because of their beauty. And with the blindness that always accompanies arrogance, they thought that they could overthrow God and they thought that they would set up Satan in God's place. And so what God does is he cast them down to the earthly regions. He said to the devil, you're gonna lick the dust. You're now confined to the earth. And so uh, Psalm 89 talks about God is in the council of his holy ones. And Psalm 86 talks about among all the other gods, there is no God like you. But this rebellion from that, some of those people in council who were then cast down to the earth, spiritual beings, spiritual created beings in rebellion to the creator, stuck now around this planet. None of this caught God by surprise, by the way, because every little piece of this was a necessary step in the ultimate plan of God, or what the Scriptures call the eternal purpose of God, which found its focus and its fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ. Love manifests itself. It's the nature of love, and God is love. Love manifests itself, and so does wisdom and compassion and zeal and holiness and justice, all perfectly balanced, all perfectly expressed in one man, the only begotten Son of God. And there was no one else who was worthy or even able, none but Jesus, to perfectly express God, to completely deal with and do away with evil and mankind's sinfulness. But it's not that work that excited Jesus. 
But what was to follow his perfect sacrifice that Jesus got excited about? He rejoiced because he said, I'm so excited. I'm going. The Holy Spirit is coming and he's going to live in you. And you are going to be my witnesses, my martyrs across the whole earth. And this glory and this kingdom is going to take over. God is by nature ascending God. He is by nature apostolic. The Greek word apostello means to send. God is by nature apostolic. He sent his word. He sent his servants. He sent the prophets. When they wouldn't listen to the prophets, he sent his son. When they crucified his son, he sent his spirit. And then he sent the church. God is ascending God. There is, an, there is a mission. There is an apostolic. Uh, the, the Latin missio is the, is the Latin version of the Greek apostello. That's why we get missionaries and apostles, right? Both apostles and missionaries have, have been diluted by the church and have fallen into disrepair. So I don't want you to think of what you usually think about, but I'm just saying God will send his best and God wants to uh, launch the church into the world. God does not hold back. So Jesus was really excited about this idea of the church being sent, filled with a mem- each member with the, with the Holy Spirit, being witnesses in the world. And the church that's called the gathering, the called out gathering of God's people on earth, has been in the heart of God for ages. This was God's plan. He didn't speak to anybody about it. But in the eternal purposes of God, he, he saw this, the fall of man. He saw the rebellion that these spiritual beings, which Paul says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against these spiritual beings in the heavenly realms, these spiritual beings and the mankind in rebellion formed a coalition to oust God that on the earth and around the earth, there is a spiritual uh, idea that did not originate from heaven. It originated from rebellious spiritual beings. Are you tracking with me? So not everything, just because it's spiritual, is right. There is some spiritual wisdom on this earth about how you're supposed to live that has nothing to do with the gospel. So, excuse me. We live in an age that Paul calls the culmination of the ages in Corinthians 11. This secret that God had, a dream for a group of called out sanctified ones that he'd fill with his spirit and he'd send. That's the dream of God. His intent was the church. And he didn't tell anybody about it until after Pentecost. This spiritual battle, this eternal plan, this love affair of the ages is more fantastic than anything you can currently find in entertainment. God has a dream of love and conquest and you are a part of it. Ephesians 3, Paul says this, Although I am less than the least of all of God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God. That's why the Bible says the the prophets long to understand this. Angels have longed to understand it, but it was hidden in God but is now being revealed, right? Ages past kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, in this culmination of the ages, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. 
according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, through the church. That's what the scripture says. Now, in this time, through the church. And if God is sending anybody, he's sending the church. The church are the only ones he has sanctified. The church is the only ones he has filled with his spirit. The church is the only ones he has become one with. He's now sending the church. And all this planning and all the sacrifice of Jesus and the millennia of God's execution and patience and the outpouring of his spirit. And do we imagine that all of that happened so that now the, the, God could make his manifest and his glorious wisdom known. Finally, we get to demonstrate the beauty and the supernatural wisdom of God. That was what God had in his mind when he talked about the church. That's what the church is gonna be. But instead, We've limited the church to our preferences, to our cultural norms, to our current comfort levels, to what's the least inconvenient for me, what makes us look good to networking partners. People go to church because it's not that dynamic battleground of the spirit. It's a comfortable place for me to go and get my needs taken care of. Do you understand? That's a far cry from what God intended. We've watered that down and we, we've, well, I don't have to drive more than 10 minutes to church. And I don't want the service to be longer than an hour. And, I'm, and, and so Bonner did a study many years ago and they found out that 80% of the people in the US believe that the church exists to meet my needs. Look, absolutely. And so what, what has happened is the church has lost its apostolic mandate and it's drifted down into a pastoral realm where we're just going to hang out together and we're going to look after each other. And by the way, let's build a fort because there's some ugly people out there. <laughs> but if you take out God's eternal plan and the supernatural wisdom and the fence and the power of the cross and the lordship of the Holy Spirit, then you're left with a powerless religion designed by men almost completely unrecognizable as the gospel. And over the last 2,000 years, it's almost like people said, God, thank you so much for this great idea of the church. We'll take it from here. We have excellent marketing approaches and, and our strategists have suggested we're just gonna lighten the wording slightly because it's a little offensive, some of the things you have to say. And we've got some excellent leadership principles so we, we know how to lead this thing that you designed in your heart. And quite frankly, our technology surpasses anything the early church had. So we're good. Thanks for the idea. We'll take it from here. No wonder Paul warned so carefully that we don't follow the philosophy of this world or the traditions of men. In fact, he seemed to think that if you did those two things, that would be the quickest way to drain power out of the gospel. Colossians 2.8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces or the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Understand, there are basic spiritual principles that have been embraced and adopted and celebrated by this world because some of the rebels who were kicked out of heaven have been consigned to the earth and they have spiritual ideas that are in rebellion to God. So what, is what James says, these are unspiritual, earthly and demonic 
this wisdom. And Paul says, avoid that wisdom. We go, oh, God, great idea. We've got it from here. We'll take it. And God says, and you, you, will, you will rip the guts out of the gospel. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in him, you have been brought to fullness. It's human philosophy and the basic spiritual wisdom sourced from this earth and the traditions of men that empty the cross of its power and make the word of God of no effect. Let me show you. Corinthians. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. The gospel is not the wisdom. It's not based on free flow and really good communication. The gospel simply proclaimed as the power of God. It contains the wisdom of God that Jesus, the only Christ, died in your place, took your place and your sin, that if you believe in him, you can have life. It's a simple gospel. You don't have to have a degree to preach it. You don't even have to be more than 10 minutes old in your faith to preach it. You can just declare that thing and it has power. Corinthians, my speech and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words of human wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Mark 7, Jesus said, Moses said, honor your father and mother. And if you curse your father and mother, you should be put to death. But you say, and he says, By your, he says you make the word of God of no effect through your tradition." Can we, just, can we just pause and think on that statement? You make the word of God to have no effect because of your tradition. Some, some in the church, we've got so much tradition. We've got so much wisdom from this earth that the church is bogged down and mired and it's a battleground for little sects to fight and to bicker and to control one another. I'm not talking about the church you used to go to. I'm, I'm talking about some I've been to. That's what it was like. That is such a far cry from what God dreamed about the church. It's because we lost an apostolic mandate. Yet we know, in order to pre- we know in, that it's in order to prepare God's people for the, the return of Jesus is why God gave ascension gifts. Where ascension gifts are given the skilled servants to equip the bride for Jesus' return, you are going to be the bride of Christ for all eternity. And it's the role of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to get you ready for his return. If you take apostles and prophets out of that picture and you just have evangelists, pastors, and teachers, now you get people saved, you get people taught, and you get people comforted, but you don't have an apostolic, prophetic uh, mandate that drives people onto the call of God. So, so without, if you take the guts out of apostles and prophets, you take them out and you have evangelists, pastors and teachers, the church sinks off that mandate and becomes a, hey, how we, and if, especially if it's just led by pastors, God bless pastors. I'm telling you, we need them desperately. But, but if it's just led by pastors, it's all about, are you comfortable? Are you safe? How are you feeling? How's it going today? And that's one fifth of the assignment. That's a valid fifth. But there's some others. 
Comfortable? Good. Now go. That's also some of it. That's also a valid fifth. That's really your opinion? Good. Let me tell you what God's opinion is. That's also a valid fifth. That's your tradition? Yeah. Let's look at what the Bible says. Nothing like that. And of the five, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, only two are ascribed and assigned to lay foundations in churches. So apostles and prophets build the foundations of churches. Let me show you this in Ephesians 2. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. You go, well, Greg, that's just talking about Old Testament prophets. No, it's not, because in the very next chapter, he says, in reading this, you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations. He's not talking about Old Testament prophets. He's talking about ascension gifts that were given when Jesus ascended, when he went back to heaven. He's not talking about the 12 that Jesus appointed while he was on earth. He's talking about the, the, the apostles that Jesus appointed after he went back to heaven. When he ascended, he gave gifts to men and he appointed some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And there's Demas and Luke and uh, a whole bunch. There's 17 different names in the, in the book of Acts of apostles so appointed after Jesus went back. The 12, while Jesus appointed while he was on earth, they are going to judge the 12 tribes of Israel. There was a very specific number. They needed to be men. They needed to be at the time that Jesus lived and they needed to be Jews. But the apostles that Jesus appointed when he went back up to heaven do not need any of those. They are different people down different generations. And they were not, this revelation, Paul says, nobody else knew it in other generations. This is the ascension of apostles and prophets. The church is built on their foundation. So a pernicious doctrine, therefore, was developed by the enemy to say that apostles and prophets have disappeared from the world. So most churches believe when they read Ephesians 4, it was he who gave some to be evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's what they believe. Because we all know some evangelists, we all know pastors, and we all know Bible teachers. But apostles and prophets are here and now because Jesus said that these gifts will be relevant until, Paul said. He said, it was he who gave some to be until, until, it's very clear in the Greek, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature and we attain to the full nature of the character of Christ. We're not there yet. These were given until that time. Oh, but didn't they peter out with Peter? No, the 12 apostles of the Lamb died, and when they died, those 12 apostles of the Lamb, Jesus said a very specific role. They were alive during Jesus' lifetime, but when those 12 died, that era ended, but the ascension gift era is still going on. Now, apostolic ministry was pivotal in the early church and is pivotal today. And the word apostle or apostles are used about 85 times in the New Testament and the word pastor is used only once in Ephesians 4. If you want to say, ah, oh, he's talking about shepherds, well, then it bumps it up to 15. Most of those are talking about Jesus. Our, our modern churches don't reflect a lot of that. Our modern churches reflect more pastoral care than apostolic gut. 
So let me say it clearly. All right, if, you, if you've tuned out, just sign back in for the next 15 seconds. This is important. Yes, you grocery list. You're nodding. No, okay, sign in. We're not trying to build a good local church here. but rather an apostolic hub and household that launches people into the call of God on their lives. Let me say it again. I'm not just trying to build a good local church, although I love good local churches. We're trying to build an apostolic household because an apostolic household captures again the urgency, the passion, the fire of God to translate and to change this world and to make a difference. I love local churches. But building one is simply not what we're trying to do here at Northlands. Our goal is not to find you a comfortable place to convalesce, but an impactful place to develop. While your comfort and safety are important, they're subordinate to you being fruitful in the kingdom. I'm telling you, in eternity, some of you are going to walk up to me and say, thank you for holding my feet to the flame and making me fruitful. Because if all I did was care about your comfort, we'd never get anything done. Oh, that's terrible. Shame. And sometimes when you're leading a church, it's hard because you you start to call people for, hey, I I need some sacrifice from you. It's going to take a little guts. It's going to take a little sacrifice. What, you want me to give more money? Yeah, I do. But not because I'm trying to build a brand for myself. Because I'm I'm seeing us in eternity. You're going to come running up to me and go, just give me a hug and say, thank you. Because I believe with all my heart that in eternity, every ounce of sacrifice, every time you gave, every time you obeyed, every time you put your faith out, every single one of those is going to receive its reward. And you will, there will never be a time in eternity where you will ever feel bad that you didn't give that or didn't sacrifice that or didn't go there. Not once. So I can't just, I can't just care about your comfort, but I do. I actually care about your fruitfulness. I actually care about getting you engaged. So people go, oh, you know, um, why do you want grace teams in the church? You just want us to do your work. No, no, no. If we were a good local church, then that would be our issue. We'd be going, hey, we have need and you, can you help us? No, I'm interested in you using the grace on your life because you need to get trained up because God has a mission for you. So get involved. I just want to take, we've just got a little bit of time here. I just want to take a little bit of moment to look through what some key, in the, in the 23 years we've been doing this, different people have come through. Some of the names you'll know, they're big names in the you know, charismatic Pentecostal world. They've come through the church. They've all said pretty much the same thing. and They don't talk to each other necessarily. So I just want to read you eight prophetic words that the Lord has been speaking over Northlands. Randy Clark, 1997. The Lord is building here an apostolic church. It's an embryonic form. It's not a good local church, but it will be a resource church that will become an apostolic church. And what amazes me is I've never seen such depth in young men and consecrated in young men and their wives. I was young back then. (laughs) Cindy Jacobs. I was bumped into her. Nobody wanted to interview her because they were, oh, I can't speak to a prophet. And I said, I'll do the interview. She was... I was interviewing her. We were talking. We're getting on like a house on fire. And she stopped and she goes, 
Do you know that you're supposed to go and plant an apostolic church? Do you know there's an apostolic call on your life? Okay, yes. Do you know you're going to plant an apostolic church? Okay, yep, that's what I want to do. Because great. Do you know that you're going to father many sons out of that church? Okay, that's the dream of my heart. So you know you're going to travel apostolic? Yep. Dudley Daniels, who was the leader of New Covenant Ministries, we were related to, he came in here. He said, don't think small, but think like God thinks. Feel like God feels, with a heart like God's heart for the nations. For that which is beyond your own shore, that what, that's what God has in his heart for this church and he will bring people in and he'll raise up leaders and he'll find in this church a group of people ready to stand when he calls. Love that. Johnny Enlow said, I saw a vision of a very large and very deep foundation and the Lord said that this represented Northland's church. That he's actually just finished the foundation and it was so thick that it's obviously intended to be something very significant in the spirit. In fact, I heard right away that it'll be an apostolic hub. And I felt like he showed me that the foundation has been sown in grace and there was an apostolic grace in this foundation and now he's going to build an apostolic hope. Diane Bristol. I make a declaration. So these are, if you've noticed, these are, going, these are coming closer in years. I make a declaration. I believe with all my heart. Now is the time and I call forth the, the apostle and the apostolic call on Greg's life and through that to Northlands. And what a firm foundation has been laid here and the Holy Spirit is showing me that this has to do with foundations. If I just stopped and tell you the amount of prophecies that I get about foundations, it's like, the, I go, tell me something else. <laughs> Peter Rasmussen, 2017. You are an apostolic household. I don't know whether anyone's spoken that out of you prophetically. <laughs> a few times. But you are an apostolic household as a church. And God will raise up many spiritual fathers and mothers from this house, many spiritual parents, and he wants to release something new and fresh onto all of you to catch up with this apostolic calling that he has for you in this church. Michael Maiden came, 2018. God really did bring you as missionaries to America and to be apostolic leaders. As people undefiled by certain things, you've brought a crispness of the kingdom. You brought a clarity into the marsh of uncertain religious climates and environments. And what God has used you to build here is just remarkable. It's a prototype that God is going to multiply so many hundreds of times over around the world. And that season of you declaring and expressing this prototype has already begun. 2021, I saw the Lord with an amplifier and he kept turning up the volume of God's increasing the reach of the sound of this church and the reach of this message and the reach of the anointing of this church globally. And he's amplifying it because there is a purity of the kingdom here, a revelation that's missing in so much of the church structures and God's anointing you as foundation fixers to help the church repair its foundations for what is coming so that the insights that God has given you, especially to leadership realms, is so important and that the grace is going to multiply over and over. How about this one? God's replicating the model here and he's going to use the model that you've built and are building here to be such a helpful healing answer to prayer for so many lives that, that are looking for fathership, leadership, building guidance, how to build the church appropriately, biblically, and its foundation will be pleasing to God and stand the storms of time. So that part of your life is going to be accelerated. I did not add many of the prophecies that were to me personally. I tried to add the ones that were spoken of, over the church. What I'm trying to show you is <clears throat> there's a call on this house. I don't just want you to be a good local church. I want you to be an apostolic-minded, an apostolic household. Because in an apostolic household, we all understand we are being sent by the Father. We go. 
we proclaim. There is something of a DNA that God is releasing in this house and he wants us to go out and proclaim it. Last year, 43 churches were planted in Uganda using the, the, the memory sticks that you paid for. We, we, we take 100 memory sticks every year. Those memory sticks planted 43 churches because they give it to the church planter. He listens to them, he preaches that, and they plant a church. 43 in Uganda, seven in Burundi last year. There were 12 churches in the Nordic nations that are currently meeting. The pastors are meeting together to study the journey map and they're taking the foundations of grace and they're studying that and they're planting in seven different Nordic nations. Right now. There are over 5,000 churches in Africa that use our memory sticks in the foundations of grace. We're preaching this next in two weeks' time to at least 1,300 pastors, I think. And it's our DNA. This call of God, which he spoke when we started developing those resources, Susan said it this morning, we started developing the resources, nobody knew about it, and the Lord said, this is what I want you to do, so we started developing resources, now in thousands of churches. Four of us from this church are going, but there's so many of you who gave financially towards it. You're part of that with us. If you go to this sermon today on the, on the website, uh, there is a PDF called Apostolic Prayers. And I'd invite you to download it. It's got eight apostolic prayers that Paul asked the church to pray for him about. And, and honestly, the four of us who are going, we'd love for you to pray that for us. So if anyone wants to partner with us, as you partner with us by your prayers, Paul said, if you want to partner with us, join us in an apostolic adventure, then pray with us. We would so appreciate it. We'd cover those prayers. This is supposed to be an apostolic household, and you are supposed to be somebody who goes. God did not want you to come and fill a seat. God wanted you to come to get full, to get healed, to get equipped, and to get sent. And today, it's a joy to send some people. So I'm gonna end my sermon there, and I invite the Grouts and the Emil Hans, if you would join us up here on stage, please, and Michelle's going to join us too. All right. Um, I'm, I'm just going to ask, just so that everybody knows, if, if you guys can just tell us briefly where you're going and, and what the plans are at, at the moment. Uh, yeah, so we are getting ready to head in June to England. Um, when we first came to Northlands in 2005, um, we, we were told one of the first times we encountered the prophetic that God has a call over nations on your life. And um, seven times people came to this church um, from outside, and we kept getting that call about nations, that word about nations are in your destiny. Um, we also got words that it's not now, now is not the time. God is going to be... Um, opening up the right season for you at the right time. And um, Jenny and I came from nations. We both met in a nation that wasn't our own. Um, and we've been waiting. We've been hearing God say this. It became like that foundation word for Greg where he kept hearing foundations. He's like, I know that. So we knew every time someone came and opened their mouth with a prophetic word, we were going to hear nations. It was part of our DNA. And then last June when Greg preached the sermon about 
uh, on the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. And now is the time to get up and go, and God will provide. We knew that this, there's something that God is doing. And we started seeking. We started saying, God, we're going to go. And we, we're trusting you to make a way. And then in January, my company said, we want you to come. We're going to move you. We know business is the means, but we know kingdom is our calling. It's our destiny. So we're excited about what he's going to do there. So Heather and I said yes to Jesus long before we met, and uh, we followed him around a few places already. Um, and this spring, um, just sensed that the Lord uh, was leading us in a new direction. So we are heading uh, to Ithaca, New York, which is upstate Finger Lakes region. And um, we're going to be uh, the lead elders, lead pastors at the Vineyard Church of Ithaca. And um, we've got work to do. And... Um, we didn't think it was going to be fair to the grouts to take up all of the stage, but our kiddos are over here. We're really proud of them. Um, but just, I felt like y'all needed a moment, so just gave you some space. But um, uh, we're going to be, um, uh, we're going to be able to lead a church up there. I'm pretty excited about it. Thank you for sharing. Uh, there's so many other details that I wish we had time to tell you of just the testimony upon testimony of how God has led and provided and just the little things that, um, that keep reminding both of you that this is so much God's plan for you. As I was thinking about this time, I thought of um, the famous Charles Dickens quote, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. And it's the worst of times because we are saying goodbye to people we love, people that have built with us, people that have led with us, and we've been on team together for years, and so it should be hard, and we're excited at the same time. But it really is, it's the best of times because both of these families have made a significant impact in the life of Northerns and in the lives of people here. And, and yet God is calling you to do the same in, in a different place of the same vineyard right now. And the exciting thing is, like Greg said, we get to sow some of our best seed. That's what we're doing. There is new soil that needs what these families carry. And I keep saying families because God calls families. God calls families and the children as well. So for, for you guys that are going, there's a call on you as well. There's people that need what is on your lives as well. There are people waiting in Ithaca, in New York that, that need what the Emelhines carry. And there are people in England, in, in the business world and in the community that you're gonna be wherever the Lord leads you to that church community that need what is on your lives. To Nathan and Heather, it's, it's just been delightful having you on eldership. It really has been. And your leading of, of the youth in that season not so long ago, just the way you loved them, discipled them, a real mother and father. Nathan, we've enjoyed your messages. Just, you, there's a real beautiful communication of the gospel gift on you. And you're going to get to do that every week. <laughs> um, very fun. And, and Heather, you've got such a heart for people that are hurting. You always notice people on the outside. And I've just so appreciated that about you. To Joe and Jenny, I was counting the years. I think we were saying it's been 16 years, at least, since we've known you. And, and you're a couple that have served. You've served faithfully at Northlands in multiple spheres, from worship team to women's ministry, shepherding the congregation. They are some of the most excellent shepherds. You seem to have some really tough cases at times, but just handled it with grace and such such care. And 
Jenny was part of our admin staff right in the very beginning when we first moved into the building. And I was thinking of, of you, Joe. You have a, there's a quiet wisdom and authority on you, as well as a beautiful devotional spirit that we, we taste on your life when you speak, when you pray, when you lead worship. And we're so thankful for that. You, you leave that with us. And Jenny, you have such a beautiful hospitality gift. If you've been in Jenny's home, there's something very special about sitting around your table. It's a beautiful gift that you have. And I just wanted to mention those because you can take that with you when you go. The things that the Lord has, has blessed us with, you'll bless others with. There's a scripture in Psalm 27. It says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And we know that as, as you leave Northlands, you are going to see the goodness of the Lord in the place that he's calling you to. And you leave an imprint here. You know, you, you going, but you're leaving an imprint here that we will continue to be thankful for. But you're going to do the same in the places that God is calling you to. You're going to multiply some of the Northlands' DNA. And so, of course, it's, it's sad and it should be, but we, we celebrate the season as a church. We celebrate what God is doing, and it's significant that he's calling both couples from our eldership at this time. And the reality is, I think what we're seeing on the stage here, we're going to see more of. This is not, this is not a one-off thing. We're going to see more of people being sent. And so we celebrate you. We're proud of you. We honor you for your yes in the Lord. And... As I was just driving here this morning, I was thinking about both of you have been on eldership, which means there's, there's spiritual government on you, which is we recognize as a leadership. When we called you onto eldership, there's government on you. And, and government, the government of God brings peace. The government of God brings order. And so I just felt like the Lord wanted you to be reminded of that. You're going to be in situations. What you carry is you're going to come in and you're going to settle things. You're going to bring a peace. And it's part of the... I think the chiropractic adjustment you were talking about, but I just felt like the Lord wanted you to know that that is still, is, remains on you, and I feel like you're going to go into places, and you're going to meet people, and you're going to bring a settledness and a peace because you carry the government of God. So we are very proud of you. We will miss you very much, and we're still going to cry some tears, but it's just a joy to, to stand here and, and celebrate what God's doing. Yeah, amen. Thank you. God sends his best. And God took Paul and Barnabas, who planted the church, and said, I need you to go. God usually sends his best. And um, that's what we're seeing today. So we'd just like to pray for them. Um, if you have, uh, if the Lord reminds you, would you pray for them? They're going into a new adventure, and you can partner with them. <clears throat> maybe the Lord gives you a word for them. And uh, so if you just listen up, and maybe the Lord will give you something, let them know. This is what I believe the Lord is saying. But would you reach out your hand with us? Let's just bless them and uh, we're going to pray for them. Father, we bless the Emelhans family. We thank you for them. We pray your smile and your favor on them. Uh, up in Ithaca, Lord, would you prosper and bless that church? Would you cause, Lord, a grand, easy entrance? Would you cause, Lord, a celebration, favor come upon them? Would you open the community to them, Lord? Would you send people to that church? We call back in, Lord, every young person, uh, and Lord, the, the inheritance that you have for that church, we pray that it would be full, Lord, and rich, and that their gifts would be just exploding and useful, and I pray for every single member of their family, Lord, that you would 
pour grace on each one of them, that every one of them would land well, that every one of them, Lord, would find mission, that every one of them, Lord, would see the beauty and the wisdom of this time and this move. And I thank you, Lord, that you'd use this move to prosper this family just as you'd use them to bless other people. We bless them, Lord, and we send them and we celebrate them in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. And Father, we bless the Grout and the, we bless the Grout family. We thank you for them, Lord, and their faithfulness here. And Lord, the, the, the supernatural thing that you've been doing with them these past years as you've been promoting and positioning Job for exactly this place, Lord, that you've been setting him up so that he could go and that there would be a way of provision made for them, Lord. And so, Father, we pray for them similarly. Bless them, Lord. We thank you for them. We celebrate them and their many years of service and their faithfulness and the use of their giftings. We pray, Lord, that you would cause them to land in a place where they can be incredibly effective in your kingdom. Useful, Lord, without burning up. Lord, just use them powerfully. We pray your grace on all of them, Lord, every family member, for grace to land and to find great joy and adventure and excitement. And that, Lord, you would cause this move to be a blessing to all of them. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Thank you so much, guys. I'm going to ask uh, Greg and Ebony, why don't you join us on stage, please? Because we. As uh, Ebony and Greg are coming to this stage, um, Greg set us up very well. We wanted to pray for them as we're sending them out. As he's been saying all morning, we send out our best. Uh, there's these moments, they say, you know, you never know when the good old days are until they're gone. And, and you look back, you think, that was a big moment. I believe this Sunday is a big moment for us. This is a groundbreaking Sunday. The, since the very beginning of Northlands, we've had a call for apostolic work. But I believe that there is a groundbreak to add to this foundation as a local church, an apostolic foundation that we're beginning to build. This is the first brick. It's been spoken throughout the last several decades, but now is a groundbreak. If we look back, Greg and Michelle just got back from Canada from uh, spiritual sons and daughters that they planted years ago. They're now leading a church vibrantly in Canada. They're getting ready to go uh, to South Africa where they're gonna be uh, partnering with Peter and Karin who are with us, also apostles uh, in South Africa. And they're gonna be uh, working with about 60 churches, 400 to 500 uh, church leaders in that time. And then they're heading off to Uganda. We're gonna be met with this team. 13 to 1,500 pastors, and that, uh, uh, those credits that we're, we're handing off to those pastors are so necessary because their government is saying without those, they cannot be churches. We're not only equipping churches, but we're helping secure their foundations in those areas and regions. What the Lord is doing here is unique, and this is a very important Sunday for us as a church. Acts 20, Paul is a spiritual father to the churches, and he's, getting, he's looking at the church in Ephesus, and he knows that he is leaving them, and he's not going to see them again. I'm telling you as a local church, one of the things that you have to embrace as a value here is you have to get used to gospel goodbyes. There's these moments where we send out our best and it's not because it's what's comfortable, it's because our king called for it. And we do what's important to him first and foremost. And so I just want us to get used to, as Greg said, we're not just a local church, we're an apostolic hub. Part of what it means to be a local church that's an apostolic hub is that we as members recognize that we are also the sent ones. We are sending with these folks our prayers, our finances, our resources, our love, and we're not doing the comfortable thing, we're doing the hard thing, which is to say it sometimes goodbye. And so we know they're, they're coming back. We're gonna keep sending folks like the Emelhines and the Grouts because that's what we are called to do as a church here. So I, I wanna pray for us as a church, and then I wanna ask us to extend our hands in extension and just pray for this team that's going. 
Uh, Holy Spirit, right now, I pray for this community. Would you put in our hearts a burning, Lord, for the apostolic? Would you put in our hearts a burning to be the sent ones, that we send our best, we do the hard thing of the gospel goodbyes, to do what's necessary to see your kingdom advance. Would you create, and not just some of the leaders here, but into every single member here at Northlands, they recognize that when they step onto membership here at Northlands, they are sent ones. We do what you are asking for, King Jesus, not for what is most comfortable for us, because we're on an adventure together as a family, an ecclesia that is moving continually, being sent out. Now, as members of this church, would you extend your hands to, to this, uh, this group here, Holy Spirit, we pray supernatural power to be on them, Lord, that you, you anoint their words, you anoint their care and love as they connect with people, Lord. You love these nations that they're going to, Lord. So, Lord, we lay hands on them and we bless them. We send them out from this place. We send them well-equipped, well-able. Holy Spirit, we ask for your power and your fire and your might to go with them. We love them dearly, watch over them, keep them safe. I pray for every single family, every single church that are in these nations that we are pouring into, Lord, that you would touch their lives. Lord, I pray for the gospel to be advanced. I pray for lives to be transformed. I pray for marriages to heal and be made whole. I pray for the foundation of the churches that we will never see on this side of eternity. I pray that you would build deep foundations like you've done here. This is a work that you've done here and that you're doing throughout the world. Holy Spirit, we send our best and we send our love with them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.